Hi everyone, it's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a, a great guest with us today. His name is Benjamin Spall. Hi Benjamin, welcome. Hi Gracie, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, I met Benjamin uh, and his partner Michael Zander through um, the My Morning Routine website, which is a, a website where once a week they publish somebody's morning routine. And after teaching the morning routines for so long and in the self-care courses that I teach, I was like, oh, someone else out there cares about morning routines. This is it was it was so enlightening and then so easy to read so many of these morning routines. Uh, and after uh, you know, reading it for a little bit, I actually got to be featured on their their site, and it was uh, I met a few clients through there. It was a really great experience for me, and I was delighted to hear that they had a book that was coming out featuring some of their favorite morning routines. So I've gotten a chance to read the book, and I reached out to Benjamin just being like, if you all want to be on the podcast, it'd be so great just to geek out about morning routines, and he generously said yes. So I'm, I'm excited to have you here, and I want to read your bio. Um, Benjamin Spall is a writer and founding editor of the My Morning Routine with co-founder Michael Zander, and their book of the same name has just come out on May 15th, or I guess it's going to be coming out, not quite yet. Yes, yes. I have the advanced <laughs> copy. <laughs> Originally from England, he moved to the United States three years ago for love and married her. I love that part. And you've written for outlets including the Huffington Post, 99U, The Next Web, and Thought Catalog. So welcome to the podcast. I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what got you starting caring about morning routines and sharing them with the world. Mm, yeah, so yeah, we started the website, me and Michael, uh, just over five years ago now. And kind of, we had both been, Michael had constantly kind of like pitched me ideas for something we could do together. And we both kind of fell on the idea of habits and kind of like the importance of habits in our day-to-day -day lives. And through that, we kind of came to the whole idea of, well, you know, habits in the morning, that's kind of when they're most, they're, they're most important. That's when you can make the most of your day. Um, and obviously habits in the morning, that kind of translates to morning routines. And even though it seems strange to say this now, because there's such a big thing nowadays, you know, you're always seeing articles about morning routines now. Back then, about five years ago, there wasn't really anything online about that. And I'm sure it you know, was in like the corners of the internet, but not as a bigger thing. Um, so yeah, we started uh, my morning routine, I think it was December 2012. And we put it out within, a, within just a few weeks. We interviewed a couple of our friends and that's how it started. And as you said, um, yeah, since then, every single week we have published a new one. So of course I'm curious, like how, how has your morning routine changed as a result of, of I mean, just hundreds <laughs> of really fascinating people and really successful people share their morning uh -huh. routines on, on your site. So you, you're exposed to just everything. And how, how mm -hmm. has your morning routine changed as a result? Yeah, it's interesting because we, we have, uh, you know, incredibly athletic people on the site and in the book and incredibly productive people. And I would say the main change that I've made in my morning routine is this week aside, because this week has been a little hectic, but this week aside, I try and make my mornings as calm as possible. And I do this by, for example, I keep my phone in the kitchen overnight and I have this nice analog alarm clock that my wife bought me for uh, my birthday last year. Uh, so now we have that analog alarm clock on our nightstand and I don't need my phone. So I put my phone on airplane mode overnight and I keep it in my kitchen. And that's that's kind of a common habit that's coming through with people now, but it's a really great way for me to wake up. And often I don't even need the alarm, but it's good as a fallback. Um, I'll wake up and then I'll just be laying in bed and I actually do not need 
to pick up my phone. I don't need to stop the alarm. I can just lay there. And then when I eventually do get up and go into the kitchen, I try my best. And this isn't always possible if I have, you know, interviews or uh, meetings coming up. But if possible, I try my best to not turn my phone off airplane mode until I either leave the house or sit down to start my work. And how, how has that changed your your own like identity as a person? I, I teach a lot about habit change in my courses, and that's the thing that's always so fascinating to me about habits is like if you change your habits, you actually have to change your identity, and it changes how you show up in the world and how you see yourself. Uh, no, it just honestly it just made me much happier. And if I, if I do turn it off airplane mode like earlier, it will usually just be to check Instagram or something. And for the most part, I don't really get too many notifications through to my phone. I turn most of those off. Um, but yeah, no, it just makes me happier. It makes me calmer. It means when I'm making breakfast for my wife and then when we sit down and eat breakfast together, we're not really thinking about, you know, checking Twitter or checking our emails. And um, yeah, because often if, if you check your email and like there's something there that you don't want to see, it kind of, you know, it messes with your whole day. So it's nice to wait a little bit longer until you actually sit down to work to have to deal with that. Yeah, it, it, to me, it always like goes back to the nervous system. Mm. But we have these nervous systems that are, uh, they're, they're primed to look for danger. And we used to be able to look for danger in terms of just like animals running after us and just the way that we've evolved. And it shoots our system through of chemicals that, to like do something and freak out. Right, right, right. But now we're lying in bed and scrolling through and we see an email from our <laughs> boss and we get the same rush of chemicals through us. And it, it's yeah. like the context of we don't have a place to be able to work with that. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like what you say that you're really putting yourself in a, an environment where you can handle whatever you find there. Exactly, yeah. And I'm, I'm lucky in that I kind of design my life as much as possible that I try not to have too many meetings and interviews and such. But when, when I do have to have those, you know, I do check my phone if I have to. Um, but yeah, it, it's nice just to give yourself that calm, quiet uh, time in the morning, which definitely feeds into the whole idea of self-care. Um, because yeah, I, I feel much better doing that than if I have to skip it or if I have to start work earlier. So why the morning? I know you say that you just kind mm. of noticed that this was an important time for people, but w- what do you think it specifically is about the morning? I have my own thoughts on this, but I'm really curious to hear yours. Yeah, so our, our thoughts about it is uh, simply the idea that when you wake up, you're kind of waking up from a blank slate. You know, many people will bring whatever happened the evening before, will bring that with them. But many of us are just waking up and we feel good to wake up and we feel happy. It's a new day, especially if we're, you know, particularly positive people. And so from that, it's a great place to kind of build your habit stack of morning routines. So you wake up and then you go to the bathroom and then you may choose to do a 10 or 15 minute meditation. And from that, you may want to work out a little bit. And uh, we really can't do that as easily later on in the day. Um, you know, for example, you could decide after your lunch in the afternoon that you want to then build in a little routine, but that's often harder to implement and things get shifted around. You might go to lunch later than you planned. Um, so generally, as long as you kind of keep a kind of consistent wake up time, especially during uh, weekdays, workdays, um, generally we find that morning routines are much easier to stick to um, because you kind of have or you already have that first trigger in place, the trigger of actually waking up. The, the trigger is so important. And I. I think like when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, it's, I, we have a limited amount of energy to get through our days. And Mm -hmm. that's the thing I think about habits. It's like, we need to have, we all have habits or else the world would just be this chaotic mess. (laughs) We we have ways that we have habituated ourselves. So the world kind of makes sense and feels Mm -hmm. contained. And the, um, 
I don't want to wake up in the morning and try to figure out how to take care of myself. It's like, right, I, need, right. I need to have already practiced how to do these things. And my nervous system needs to know how to do those things and almost like go through them without even having any mental power at all on there. And there, and then, and then slowly I can kind of come to life through those actions. And there's, for me, it's about right, five right. things I do every morning. But even having a child, I have an eight-month-old, it really mm. changed my morning routine. The, I was reading through what I posted on your own site. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, it's totally not that anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's funny. We, we interviewed a lot of people. Um, we, we interviewed a few people that had previously been on the website, and then we asked them to update their routine for our book. And uh, one of those was the author, Ryan Holiday. And he we did an interview with him about three years ago. And he had a child last year, I believe, or the year before. Um, so we asked him kind of the differences now. And he joked about how when he was being interviewed, I think by the New York Times, just before his child was born, uh, they asked him if his routine would change much after having a child. And he said he didn't think it would. And now he's just like, what a fool I was for thinking that at any point. Um, which is why we purposely, in the book, we have a, a chapter for parents. And they, they mainly look at parents of younger children, but there are a few older children parents in there as well. Um, because we know this is something where if you're a parent and you see this book or you hear about this book, you'll think it really doesn't relate to you. And even though we're not lying, we're not saying it's easier or it's the same, because it is. it certainly is harder. But with it, we are trying to point out that you can still do these little things to make your morning routine that much easier. I really appreciated that section when I read it. I was like, oh, okay, people, people out there who, because you do, it's a routine. It's like, it's, for me, it's not like totally self-focused routine, mm -hmm. but I still have a routine. My partner and I switch off mornings where one of us will sleep in a little bit later and the other right. one will go yeah. tend to our son. And, um, and, you know, I have my things I do the mornings that are my kind of time and my mornings that I'm with my son Jonah a little bit more. And it's, it's like, it's not focused on me, but it still works. It still feels like calm and safe of like, this is right, what I'm going right. to do and I don't have to figure it out every morning. Yeah, we, we certainly got that. And um, a, a few people mentioned switching off with their husband or wife. And like, obviously, if that's an option, that's a great way around it. And someone even mentioned like some sometimes, even if it's not her partner's um, day to look after them, he'll still like to just hang out with them because you can kind of choose, you know, if it's, if it's not your day to look after the kid you can choose what you want to do. And that may actually just be hanging out with the rest of the family. Yeah, I, I guess I'm always like, should I do yoga? But oh, I hear them playing and that sounds super fun right. over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm curious what you would tell someone who does not consider themselves to be a morning person. If they, if they feel mm -hmm. aspirational, like they read the book, like, oh, those things sound really great, but like, that's just not me. Like, do you think that just some people are destined to not have a morning routine? Um, I wouldn't say so. And we definitely, when, when we talk about morning routines, we're not specifically talking about getting up really early. Uh, when we refer to them in the book and kind of on the website as well, we're referencing the time between you waking up and either kind of leaving your home or transitioning to the next part of your day. And this is the same if you work a night shift, for example, your morning routine may start at three or four in the afternoon. Um, but to the point of not actually being a morning person, which is kind of, you know, waking up all groggy and not enjoying it, uh, that certainly does make it a little harder. And my wife is more along those lines. She's more of a night owl. Um, so often, you know, I'm falling asleep at about 10 p.m. and she's uh, wide awake and doesn't want to go to bed for many more hours. Um, and in the morning, I wake up pretty easily and she takes a little longer. 
And it does make it harder and we're not going to pretend it doesn't, but you kind of just have to build that time in to allow yourselves to wake up, um, you know, wake up fully and happily. Um, but one, one way to really just improve that is whatever time you go to bed, is just trying to get more sleep. Uh, we have a whole chapter on sleep in the book because it's such an important part of your morning routine. Um, if you don't get the sleep you need, which is between seven and nine hours per night, uh, you're really going to struggle to kind of enjoy and get the most out of your morning. I always say it to people. I'm like, people want to talk about a morning routine because that's kind of, there's something sexy about a morning routine, I think. It's like, <laughs> oh, like you say, it's the freshness. I'm going to like start the day. Uh -huh. I'm going to go to the gym. But it's it's not as exciting to talk about a nighttime routine. Right. It's like, right. you need to go to bed early. Like, there, to me, it feels like a child, you know, like, oh, you have to be in bed. So there's, it takes a certain discipline, at least for me, to get myself in bed early that I really have to like watch. I watch for nine o'clock at night yeah. and that's my signal of like I'm shutting everything down and I'm turning the lights down and I'm going to go upstairs and get close to my bed at least mm -hmm. but it's um it's still it's there's we live in this culture where we don't have to you know like right, we, right, we have electricity right. we have Netflix we have all the things we have bars that we we get to stay out as long as we want and I, th I think a lot of people like feel like they're missing out if they go to bed early mm-hmm yeah, I, I see that as well. And it really is a struggle. And especially after a long work day in which you feel like you kind of didn't get any rewards throughout the day, you're just working hard all day long, you might finish at 8pm or 9pm. At that point, you kind of want to, you know, even if you're incredibly tired, you still want to have some time for yourself before going to bed. Um, and you know, you can do but often just try and think about how much better you'll feel getting up at a good time in the morning. And um, that can usually tip the scales. But for some people, that's a little harder to swallow. So you sit with so many of these routines. It's like people send you their routines all the time mm -hmm. and you're reading all these routines of really interesting, successful people. What do you, what do you think you've learned about um, people in general from uh, looking at how people get up in the morning? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing I've learned, is especially with the, the more well-known or the older and more accomplished names, is um, kind of it's just there's nothing special about them per se except for their ability to follow through and to actually do these things on a daily basis. And of course, they, you know, they miss it every now and then, you know, you, you may miss one day. Um, but if you miss a day, just jump back on that the next day. And um, yeah, it's, it's surprising because we get, we get questions quite a lot right now, you know, along the lines of what's the best morning routine and what's the one morning routine you should have and all this stuff. And really, you just need to be consistent with what you're doing. And obviously there are more positive aspects you can do. Uh, you know, meditation, for example, is more positive than doing something bad. Um, but it's um, it's really just your ability to do it every single day. And this this begins with starting small. So if you, uh, you don't want to like load up your morning routine, you don't want to decide that you're going to start doing a half hour meditation and a two hour uh, workout session every single day because you're really not going to stick to that and that's just going to fall by the wayside within a couple of days so probably within the first day if it was me but um it, it's good to start small with these little things and kind of see what works for you um but yeah that, that was what what the most surprising thing about speaking with all these people is just how simple it is and how easy it is if you actually do it the follow-through is such a big deal and, mm -hmm. and I, I, it's something I've learned that almost all of our kind of self-care things that we struggle with, they go back to perfectionism. Right. That, and, and I think we have like the, the type A perfectionists who really identify as perfectionists, the people who are like, I have to do this really, really well. And they're the ones going to the gym and maybe burning out after a while. But right. then I think the type B perfectionists are the procrastinators. 
And oh, for sure. For it's, sure. It's like that waiting. I'm going to wait for the perfect time to do this. Or it's like, if I can't, <laughs> if I can't do my morning routine perfectly, like I'm just not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, that perfectionism, it just, it, it cuts us off from so many things. Um, I can speak for my own thing that when I get into that mindset, it's just so hard to take action. And I, I, I wonder all the people out there who are like, I just can't get up in the morning. I'm like, what if, you know, what if you just, like you said, did something really small and really, right. you know, not, and not what someone else tells you to do either. Because I think so much of us, we're getting our self-care information from the outside of like, okay, we got to drink eight glasses of water. We have to work out <laughs> four times a week, which may, uh-huh. maybe is true for you. But until we, you experiment with it and see, does that actually give you energy? Do you feel like you're more grounded in your life, like to find what actually works for you? So I, I love the diversity of morning routines that you all feature because it shows there's not one right way. Yeah, for sure. And we, we have found, um, especially like some media people who have been reading our book and uh, posting about it online, we found that sometimes they may be put off by the title or they may be put off by the idea of the book in general. But if they take the time, sometimes because they have to, because they're reviewing it, to actually go through the book and read it a little bit and go through several routines and some of the stuff we've written ourselves, um, you actually begin to realize that every every routine in the book, it's not like everyone's getting up at 4 a.m. and doing a workout. Some of them are incredibly simple. And um, we, we liked that diversity. We kind of wanted to show that you can still have a morning routine. It can still be incredibly positive for you and your life and your family, uh, but it doesn't have to be incredibly intense. It, like maybe it just can be joyful. Exactly. Yeah. It's like my, my routine, for example, I, like I, I was saying, I, I do about 10 minutes of meditation in the morning um, and I try to keep my morning calm without my phone, etc. That's not an, inc- that's not a crazy morning routine. You know, that's not, um, I wouldn't be a very good guest in my own website. Um, but it works for me and it's, um, yeah, it's just, it, it brings me joy just to have that calm in the morning. And, and I, I worked with some clients who are, are like, I don't want to do yoga. Yoga is not really my thing and I don't want to meditate. It's, I just, I'm too anxious or they have all this list of things they don't want to do. And so I can't have a morning routine. I'm like, well, what is it that would actually bring you joy? And for some people, it's like they want to draw in the morning mm. or they, someone wanted to read a novel in the morning. And I'm like, right. okay, great. Give yourself 20 minutes to read a novel in the morning. That's, that's great. But it's, it's, I think we get so caught up in, again, what it looks like from the outside or we're checking off these boxes that we forget that it's supposed to feel a certain way. And when, when my clients, we, we have a whole week in my self-care program around morning routine, they can get really overwhelmed of like, like I don't have time to do all these things that you mentioned. Mm. And I, I always have them pick a word and I'm like, well, how do you want your morning to feel? Like you want it to feel relaxed. You want it to feel inspiring. Mm. You, it sounds like you want your mornings to feel calm. And then all of the things that you do just have to serve that word. And that's, that's, you, you win at that point. Yeah, I don't know if you've read this book. It's called um, How to Have a Good Day by Carolyn Webb. No. And yeah, it's a really good book. I think it came out a couple of years ago or three years ago. Um, it's quite long, I have to say, um, but it's it's really nice. It kind of comes from it at the same idea that you were kind of mentioning. Her whole, uh, I think she's a psychologist, but her whole idea is you to have a good day, whether you're, you know, employed at at an office job or something like that, or working from home, just kind of think how you want your day to feel, as you just mentioned. Um, And then it kind of, you can improve it from there. So she's not saying, make yourself more productive. She's saying, how do you feel if you're, you know, when you're more productive? Or what's, how do you feel good if you have more respect in your work and all these different elements? Um, And yeah, I think that's a great uh, companion to my book, I must say. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that's the question is like, how do you take the morning routine and then follow it through to have a great rest of your day as well? Mm -hmm. 
I will say that I, I study Ayurveda. Do you know Ayurveda? It's the... It's the I, I don't, I'm afraid, no. It's the sister science to yoga. So basically, okay. when yoga was created 5,000 years ago, um, <laughs> they there was also this whole science, it's like medicine, that people in mm. India go to school for like six years to be like become an Ayurvedic doctor. It's, it's very intricate. And they ha- but it's basically around daily routines and your own constitution and how to vary your routines and your self-care through the seasons of your life and the seasons of the year. And so they, and a really, really big part of Ayurveda is that you keep a stable daily routine mm. and it's about the nervous system, that your nervous system, if, when it, if it feels like it doesn't have routine, it gets dysregulated and that causes, right. you know, physical illness, but it also causes like most mental illnesses as well, like the anxiety being a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at like a sample Ayurvedic daily routine, um, they probably have like like 40 things they want you to do every day. And the only way you can do this is if you go to India and you like live at one of the centers. <laughs> but I, I would say like 35 of them are things that you do in the morning. It's like if you take like in the first like hour of your day particularly. And if you take that time, the first hour of your day, it's kind of from there, they don't have that many recommendations. It's like you set your own rhythm the first part of the day and you take care and then everything kind of follows through in that way. Yeah, that, that makes sense because yeah, someone mentioned in the book, a parent, how kids, you know, thrive on routine. And um, so, you know, she makes the point of making sure her kid has a, a very routine day. And I, I can totally see that. And I kind of always feel like uh, adults should almost be treated like children in certain respects. Like we, we want routine. And um, I love the example of if, if, a, if a child is really upset and sad, they're probably just hungry or they're probably tired. But we don't really give that same um we didn't really push that idea to adults as well, but I can say when I'm when I'm feeling upset or something, I'm probably hungry or tired. So um, I always like the idea that you can really get. There's not a huge difference between children and adults in that respect. We need to totally treat ourselves like children. <laughs> right, basically, yeah. <laughs> Starting with like some timeouts. I think about this. I'm like, I have to give myself a timeout right now. Like, I just need to sit there and not do anything else because it's not turning out the way I want it to because I'm tired or hungry, usually. Right, yeah. Yeah, and play as well. Play in terms of, you know, not maybe not working out, but like doing team sports or playing tennis or something that can, something that relaxes you but also brings your mind away from work and you know, for the most part, we're not staring at computer screens. That's nice as well. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a bit of a, a revolution around self-care right now that mm-hmm. like previous generations, I don't think they had a lot of space for self-care because right. it, it was just sort of getting through these, these big, you know, wars and life events. And I think we're kind of in the generation now where we see what happens when you put work above all else and what yeah, that does yeah. to our psyche and what that does to our environment and our world. So there's, there's like a balancing that I see, uh, future generations even doing a much better job than us thankfully yeah i i I definitely think so and you know everyone's so stressed out nowadays and you know work is stressful and life is stressful and i think it's good that uh people are recognizing this and the importance of self-care and that's why we had a whole chapter in it in the book um i believe to be honest we actually didn't have the self-care chapter to begin with but then my editor was like this is something we have to have um so we wrote it and yeah it's one of my favorite chapters now it's, it's a great chapter. Of course, I love that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something that's interesting about you both is that you're men. And yes. I, you know, <laughs> after spending a lot of time in the self-care realm, you don't meet that many men who are, are furthering self-care causes, mm. even though maybe they are in different ways. But what, what you all are really putting out there, I see, is self-care. And, so I, and you interview a lot of men who are sharing their self-care routines, which I don't think there's a lot of places at all for men to be sharing these resources. Right, so I, right. I, I see you all doing something pretty 
needed right now and groundbreaking. But but what's it like for you to be a man and um, and connecting with you know I know you connect with men and women, but helping men kind of share their routines as well. You know you know what I hadn't actually thought about it that way at all. Um, but but you're right. It's kind of it, it's always nice when we receive an interview, whether for the book or for our website. Um, from a, from a man or a woman, but I see your point how it's more interesting when it's from a man in this respect. Um, it's always nice when it's incredibly kind of true and emotional and down to earth, for example. And uh, we, de- we definitely received some routines like after publishing the book, uh, after the book went to print. And I was like, damn, this would have been great in the book. Um, but yeah, it, it's very interesting. And I, I feel it, it could potentially be because the, uh, you know, the topic isn't gendered at all. So once you get talking or once you get typing, it's kind of easy to continue on. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's been very interesting and it's kind of nice to have these honest conversations. And to be honest, we don't have as much back and forth of the people we interview as we would like. Uh, we did do a few over the phone, but for the most part, they're just by email. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's very nice that we can do this and uh, we, we've been enjoying it. That's great. Yeah. I, I know a lot of men out there appreciate it. My, my, my partner's always, because I do so much with self-care and I'm like, oh, I just mm. joined this really cool like self-care thing or I'm doing this. And he's like, oh, what about for men? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I think you need to start something because there's a right. need for it. So it's, it's great uh, to see it out there in the world. Well, after doing all the work that you all have done and read all these interviews and, you know, kind of written this chapter on self-care, what do you feel like self-care means for you? Mm, yeah, so I, I would say the, the one thing it means to me is kind of just giving myself space and especially in the morning, uh, kind of like I mentioned earlier, just to be calm and let, let me know. It, it kind of lets me know that there is that is still some calm in the world. Because um, like I mentioned, like later on, as soon as you sit down and open your email, um, that's kind of not really calm at all. And um, I speak about this with my wife a lot. She, um, she, she loves to have her own self-care. She likes to just have a time to read, time to relax. And um, it's, it's incredibly important. And I think when people don't have that, they recognize it. And like men as well. Um, you, you really do need this time to yourself. And for more extroverted people, I believe self-care could actually mean being with other people. Um, but for intro, uh, introverts, such as myself and my wife, it's really nice to have this time uh, with yourselves. We love being together as well, of course, but it's, it's good to just have that quiet time. I, I really like how you said that, that it's like you have to remember that calm exists in the world so you can find it in yourself. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah, I, that's, rev- yeah, actually, that's revolutionary couple, to me. Go out, keep going. <laughs> yeah, a couple of, uh, what was it, about a week and a half ago, uh, my wife and I went to a cabin in the woods up here in California uh, because it was, it, it was my birthday, so we went to a cabin in the woods. And what with all this book promotion and everything for this book coming out, it was so nice to just be amongst all these redwoods and we had a, like a fire going and uh, we didn't check our phones really. And it was nice to kind of have that, that time where all you could hear was a crackling of the fire. And then if you went out on the, the porch, you could just kind of hear the trees rustling. And um, we all know that it exists, but it was really nice to spend that time amongst them. And it's kind of, it's calmed me down ever since then, like every time I think about it. Um, but yeah, something like that is just really nice to uh, re- remind yourself that that exists. Yeah, and it's, it's just something I've been thinking about lately that I, we have this idea that we, like, I think that there's something wrong with us, that, like, this whole world is so crazy and we have these mm. kind of crazy, traumatized, chaotic lives and that the, that we need to f- fix something in ourselves. Right, and, right. And what self-care has really taught me is that, uh, that there's nothing to fix, that it's fine. Like, we're, like, inside we're intact. 
Right. And whether what what giving ourselves space and care does is it helps us connect to that that intact part of us, which I think is really deeply connected to nature because we're not right separate from nature. Nature is us too. But we need reminders. So thank you for thank you for being a reminder in that and helping us of remember. Course. No, thank you. And yeah, it's no coincidence that we all feel great when in nature, you know, amongst the trees and everything. That could partly be the oxygen, of course. But uh, no, it's just uh, I, I, I think uh, everyone generally feels better in that situation. I think it's uh, no coincidence. Yeah, and I hope I hope we uh, hope we again. I think future generations are getting this, and other cultures I think get this a little better. Like mm-hmm. this, the the forest bathing thing. I think that's like a Japanese yes. concept. <laughs> I love that concept. I just love that idea. I know, I know, and like we need these <laughs> in our culture, especially in more Western culture where we've maybe forgotten our connection mm-hmm. to nature. Of these things from other cultures to help help us remember how to live seasonally and live connected to mm-hmm. the earth. And as I think when we start to do that, we realize that we're not separate from the earth, but not from each other either. And that's really what yeah. we need to know right now. Yeah, as actually uh, my my wife mentioned the other day uh, after our time in the cabin in the forest, we were like, we don't actually need money, do we? We just need food. <laughs> we're trying to think. We're like, maybe we could just. And it's like, no, we we can't do that. Though. But a uh, nice idea, the idea of just living off the land. <laughs> I know, I know. Have you ever seen that movie, <laughs> Captain Fantastic? I haven't. No, I haven't. It's it's a it's a really great movie, but it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of starts off with this this guy raising all of his kids in the forest, and you're oh, like, oh, I, I totally have seen that movie in like the uh, airstream kind of van. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, like yeah. these brilliant, well-read kids who know how to like hunt and live from the land. And you're first, you're uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and then quickly you see, like, <laughs> oh, this is really flawed too. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, oh, that was a funny movie. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for <yeah>. reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, thank you for being here. And um, Benjamin, people who of want course. to be connected to my morning routine and read the book, and I'm just going to put a little note in here about the book that I, I got it, and I just, I have this big stack of books I haven't read, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's so nice of them to send it to me, but I'm not going to read this book for a while. And then I picked it uh, up, and I just couldn't stop reading it. I would read just a few of them before I would go to bed at night and wake up more inspired. So I would say, like, definitely order this book and um, and just put it by your bedside, and you'll, you'll be enticed into reading it. So how can people do was- that and stay connected to your work? Yeah, well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can order the book right now by going to mymorningroutine.com slash books, uh, which has links to Amazon and everywhere else. Or you can head to your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, uh, anywhere else that sells books. Uh, you can find me personally at benjaminspall.com. Wonderful. So, again, thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And for everyone who's listening out there, I, I hope you can take away some some self-care wisdom from all of all of what Benjamin has, has gathered for us. And especially that you do not need to be have a perfect morning routine, but rather you just need to figure out what works for you mm-hmm. and to practice it. So it's not like you have to figure it out every single morning and then to um, to create what it is you want to be in the world. So if it's calm, if it's inspired, if it's connected, like you have the capacity to do that. And I, I think it's it's a little thing, but it's also a really big thing as well. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for being here and uh, keep taking care of yourselves. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. 
there you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. <laughs>